Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. My guest today is Erin Everly. She uses the pronouns she, her, hers. Erin has served as a dentist for 16 years, while her writing career only began seven years ago because she had an idea that wouldn't go away. Eventually, she started writing and the writing turned into books, which has turned into workshops. Erin believes that imagination is the pathway to possibilities, and in determination and hard work, you will be unstoppable. She created the Word Smithers program, and that now has a young author workshop. Welcome. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So what was this idea that you got that you couldn't let go of? Um, I guess it I guess like around seven, eight years ago, um, probably more like eight years ago, because I didn't start writing right away. Uh, for Mother's Day, my kids and my husband got me a Kindle. So I started reading a lot more than I had before. Um, more so just because honestly, my Kindle went everywhere with me. It was like in my purse when I had breaks at work, I'd be reading. I just was doing a lot more reading. And um, my first two books that I wrote were Romantic Suspense. And so I was reading a lot of um, romance type of books and I had this thing in my head, like, okay, everything's always this like, you know, happily ever after. A lot of the characters were characters that were um, quite a bit younger than I was. Um, I'm thinking, I'm like, wow, like I was pretty young, I guess, seven years ago when I started this, I'm, I'm going back with uh, doing some math here. But either way, I thought, well, okay, well, what, but what about after that? Like this thing in my head was thinking like, what about after the happily ever after? Like everything seems oh so easy and great, but then what, would, what happens after when life, you know, takes control and things start happening and things aren't also, you know, exciting and stuff like that and so I just started getting that's where the kind of spark was and then um, it kind of snowballed from there um ironically those books are not available like I took them off I have self-published they're not on Amazon right now anymore um I'm thinking of kind of reviving them I'm gonna have to wait and see but the reason why I took them down was because um my kids really started reading and writing themselves more once they saw me doing it and they really wanted to read something I wrote. And this was not the topic or the book for them for so many reasons. And so I promised that I would write them something, I would write something that they could read. And so I did that and I thought it was going to be like, you know, a little short story, something like that, just, you know, to show them what I love to do. And it ended up just going on and on. And I was getting so into it and it was so exciting. And um, it ended up turning into a hundred thousand, more than a hundred thousand word story that I ended up splitting into two um, books because that's kind of a long book for, uh, it was a middle grade genre, kind of a long book for that age group, um, unless you're JK Rowling. But um, so, um, so yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. And it's just funny how things kind of pivot like that. And something that you thought was going to just be, a, you know, something little and exciting to show my kids turned into a genre that I really love, love writing in. And I love more the interactions that I've been able to have with um, kids through it. Like I visited schools talking about writing and reading and it really got me excited. Um, 
thinking about like seeing how excited the kids were, like when they had right when it was done and they'd all come running up to me and like asking me questions and telling me how much they love reading and telling me how much they love writing. And so um, that's kind of where things have snowballed from here. Like with the book, the initial book. So before I even, I had actually gone into schools um, more my kids school, even when I had just written the romantic suspense, obviously not talking to them about the storyline or anything like that, but more the process of writing and also the fact that um, I am a dentist and this is a totally, I mean, I went to school and I was in the sciences and that's where my brain was. And this is almost totally the opposite of that. And so I wanted to show them that you're not just one or the other. You can have so many different facets to your life and, and, and to what you love to do. And so that was, that's a big part of what I like to talk about with the kids as well. And so they really took an interest to that, even in the beginning, before it was even a book for them. And so when I did this book, um, the volume one, um, which is that first part that I took out of it, I'm still slowly editing volume two. Um, but um, I wanted to take them kind of along for the ride so they could see. So they, because the book was for them, right? So they were the beta readers. I had a group of, I had to think about 17 kids or I can't remember exactly how many, but from across the country, I'm from Canada. And um, from ages like nine to 17, um, did beta reading for me. And I had like specific questions and forms that they filled out some in the beginning, some at the end. I had a discuss, I had um, the people that were local. um, I did like a discussion group with, and it was really, really interesting and so useful for me and for them it was great for them to see Uh but it was also it was great for me because they added so much value to the book okay that that is like so much there that was so much information I don't know I just totally that's great it's going there sorry okay no no apologies none we're Julia Childs here right no apologies in the kitchen (laughs) um so there are so many things that we can go so I want to back up for a second uh there are a lot of guidances around that like to tell us we should focus on one thing. And you just said no <laughs> to that. So <laughs> you were a dentist. So first, why, why you are a dentist, you're still a dentist. When yeah. at the time of this recording, we're in COVID and some dentist offices are opening, some aren't depending on where you are in the world and whatnot. Right now I'm a, de- I'm a, I'm a non-working dentist right now. Yeah. And I have been for the past Oh, what six weeks now? <laughs> right, right, right. I, I have lost count of what day we're on. I have to go check a calendar. Um, okay, so why did you first of all decide to be a dentist? Um, so I guess a lot of different. I've been ex- my father's a dentist, oh, okay. so it has been a profession that I have been exposed to. Yeah, obviously my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I liked, I knew I wanted to do something that like I interacted with people on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And um, I I guess, I mean, it was so long ago, I can't even remember my like real reasons for getting in there. But I also, I guess there is still a um, like a creativity factor to it Uh in a sense, right? Like you, I mean, there's so many different aspects to it, but like if you're trying to, let's say, fix someone's smile and like that's the great honestly that's like the greatest feeling when you have someone who's let's say teeth might be broken or they're just they're just not happy with it and then you're able to fix it up Mm -hmm. and they can smile again like 
it's the greatest healing. And so I don't, that must've somehow stemmed from it. I mean, I wasn't, I didn't know that at the time before I started going to school, but there was still that like working with your hands kind of, I guess, aspect creativity to it that, um, push me in that direction part of it I was also very science-based like I don't know just my schooling like even in school like I gotta tell you and I say this to people like uh, when I'm thinking back to high school let's say with my marks and all that like English was my lowest subject I mean I didn't do awful in it or anything but um it was not one of my highest like you would have gotten an a plus maybe in science and maybe a b plus or an a minus maybe yeah probably around that like I think I remember like for years I had I got a 78 no matter what I did it was always a 78 and so um it wasn't so sometimes and like it's important for people to know also it's like so that made me feel almost like well who again again like who do I think I am to be able to write a book or to do this when like I wasn't even doing so great in school like okay not so great I know those are still good marks but that wasn't where I excelled necessarily in school so it wasn't something that I really thought to pursue your strength um, didn't lie there yeah exactly yes my strength that that's not where I ever saw my strengths to be, uh-huh. but ironically now it's where I almost find the most joy. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Okay. So you decided to be a dentist because you're great at science. It was in the family genes and I would hazard a guess that part of it is a practicality. Like, you know, when you get into the adult world, you, you pivot from relying on mom and dad and you've got to start earning your keep, right? Oh yeah. And you know what, honestly, as a woman, it's, it's a great profession. Like you can, um, I I have a lot of control over my schedule. So when I have to do things with the kids and stuff like that, I can, you know, I'm lucky enough that where I like people who I work for, I'm able to book off and do this. And so obviously those things also play a factor in. It's huge. Yeah. So huge. Uh, the dentist for my child is actually a woman and she's fantastic. She's specialized in, in uh, pediatric or orthodontic work and whatever. Mm-hmm. And for years, she didn't work with her husband, even though she was trained as a dentist because the kids were young. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to a certain age, she joined, which I'm ever so grateful for because she has brought my kiddo up the entire way through dentistry. Mm-hmm. So like I share that because this, this career is super practical. Right. And like, I tend to think of writing as sexier than, um, being a dentist. That's me. And, uh, and, uh, I'm really amazed by those of you who willingly choose to work on our open mouths all day long and all the things that can come with that. And I'm super grateful because visiting the dentist is actually one of my favorite things in the world to do, to get my teeth clean. And so the few, I got to tell you, I know people like you come in. (laughs) (laughs) So you've chosen this career where people are afraid to go for, for lots of fun reasons. You found love in it. Maybe, maybe the love evolved and whatever. And it is, it is now where you can like literally help people smile, which is fantastic because that's like an amazing way to be able to show up in the world when you're super confident in your smile and your looks and it just, you feel so much better in your body. And then you got an itch. So you were told yourself that you can't, do English type things when you were younger. Maybe that's a little bit of a, a overgeneralization. And then you got an itch, the story, that the the after story of the happily ever after, and you couldn't let go of it. And then and and now you go all over and teach workshops and things. That's kind of a fantastic space to be in. 
it's really great. Like I'm really grateful that, um, that I have the, a bit like the ability to do that, that I can, you know, do my job that I've been trained for and that I enjoy, but then I also have the, um, ability the availability and also really a major one is like the support from my husband as well and my family to be able to also pursue this other thing that I love and that really brings me a lot of joy in my life so oh that's so awesome okay so how did you how did you start to work through because I'm sure there there must have been some story you needed to rewrite for yourself having a story in your head that you wanted to tell and then having the old story of you aren't a writer to then becoming a writer to be able to tell that story in your head. How are you, what did that look like? What did that process look like for you? Um, it took me a long time to actually open up the computer uh, to do it. I, I still actually have as a reminder in my, um, in my notes section of my, <laughs> of my phone. I just started, it's like, you know, when something you just can't get it off your mind, you feel like you need to write it down. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, I'm just going to write some stuff down. Just maybe just write it down and then it will like go away or whatever. And so I started writing little things in my phone, like different scenes that I was thinking of different ideas. And, um, I, I, I had remembered that I had read a book of a debut offer author at the time and I loved it and I had contacted her I guess I just emailed her I I can't even remember maybe it was through Facebook I don't even remember now but um I had contacted her and said how great her book was and it was and what I like I don't don't even remember what I said at the time but um but we it got it got in us talking and I told her and she was the first person like this stranger was the first person that I told that I was even thinking of writing a book like no one else knew like my husband didn't know yet. Like nobody knew yet because it's like, well, what, what if they're like, what do you think you're doing? Like, who do you think you are to think that you can write a book? Right. And so, um, so I told her first and she's like, just do it. She's like, just open up your computer, like start, just start doing it. Like, what do you have to lose kind of thing? And so that was it. It was, you know, you just, you got to change the narrative instead of being like, you know, I mean, it's this type of thing is, I see it everywhere now. Like, instead of saying like, what if they're going to hate it? Like, what if people are going to love it? And also not even that, but what if like, what if you're just doing this for yourself? Because this is something that you just want to do. Like nobody needs to read this even like nobody, it's just something that was in my heart that I just wanted to get out. I mean, I've always been a creative person. Like there's so many other creative ventures that you know, we only have so much time here, so I'm not going to take you on all those adventures, but like I've had so many other creative little ventures along the way. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, this wasn't a surprise to me. Sure. Um, and so I'm like, you know what? I'll just start doing it. So I just started. And then once I started writing it out, like I told, it was still a really long time. Uh-huh. I mean, then I told like my husband and my kids, I mean, they were littler at the time, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when they were watching their Sesame Street, their Elmo or whatever it was, um, you know, I'd have my computer out and was like typing. So they would know, my husband knew, but it took a long time before I even told anyone that I was doing it. I might've even waited. It was a long time before you said, I'm writing a book. Exactly. Yeah. And I didn't even know if I was going to, I didn't even know what I was going to do with it, but it was, it was a really great experience in like so many different ways, just in terms of connecting with people in 
the writing community. I had this really cool like dream aspect to the book and I got in contact with um, one of these dream, like her name's Lori. She's a dream, the dream expert. And she wrote the foreword to the book. So like it was it, the whole, all in all, it was like, it was a great experience for so many reasons and it lit a fire in me that hasn't, hasn't gone out yet. So. Awesome. Okay. So I'm curious, you said you're creative and you don't want to get into all the creative things you've done. I can totally appreciate that, but please name one. Okay. So I, um, well, for one thing, okay. So for my, for my twins, I have three girls, um, an older daughter. And then 21 months later, we had a set of twins. So I have three daughters. And um, for the twins second birthday, we had it at one of those like gym places. And so I decided that I wanted to decorate the room like Sesame Street. So instead of just like buying all the stuff, the tablecloth, whatever, all that stuff, I decided to draw and paint life-size Sesame Street characters. Like I had three kids like under the age of four and while they were napping or they went to bed, I was like in the basement with like long mural paper. And I like traced, I like drew out like Ernie and Bert and like Big Bird. I, I think I seriously have them still rolled up in my basement somewhere. So that was one creative thing. Okay. I think I probably made like 10 characters. Creative? And all around the walls. Sounds a little ambitious. A little, yeah. Uh, an idea that got stuck in your head and you maybe couldn't let go of. Mm-hmm. I'm noticing some themes. I have a, yeah, and that's kind of the theme of my life. <laughs> ah, so let's pause there. And then when we come back, I want to dive into more about your process. Sounds great. Awesome. Are you tired of moving month to month without any flow? Are you ready to get more in alignment with the world around you and your purpose? I believe we are all better together. And when I mean we, I mean all of us. From those who know their purpose and are connected to their environment, to those who are just learning to be connected and what their purpose may be. I am here to hold space for us to learn together, to mastermind together, to make magic together. So I'm hosting new and full moon circles every month with my friend Michelle. We'll circle up about three days before the new moon and just before or on the full moon. Together in circle on Zoom, We'll get grounded, we'll journal, we'll explore, and we'll mastermind together using metaphysical and natural supports to keep us in alignment. Want to learn more? Visit www.michellelastly.com slash moonsircles. Space is limited, so be sure to grab your seat today. Welcome back. So are you familiar with uh, concept like concepts like the artist way? By Julie Cameron? A little bit. Oh, okay. So a little, a little bit's good enough. Um, uh, I will explain two pieces just for audience reference. She's got a really great book. It's like a 10 or 12 week series. You would check it out. The book is called The Artist's Way. The two pieces that really cling to me for helping to untap your creativity are the daily journal where you write three pages first thing in the morning to kind of clear your head and then um, a date date with yourself when when we're allowed to go out <laughs> and, and, and do that. And then the date the date day doesn't have to be or date a couple hours. It doesn't have to cost any money. It could be a walk. My favorite thing is to go to my art store and just browse, right? Whether I buy a pen or something expensive, it doesn't matter. Um, but that's one of the things I do. So I mentioned that because the point of the daily journaling is a way that you get the stuff that's floating around in your head that can clutter 
our creative processes. And so I was curious, so you are a working mom and a wife and you found time to write. When, how, do, how does that look? So it was a lot different um, when I first started. Um, my kids now are, I had the twins are 12, they'll be 13 in the summer and my oldest daughter's 14. And so, I mean, things are a lot different now in our house than they were then. Then they were going to bed at seven o'clock at night. Mm. And so it was a lot easier. Now, honestly, they're almost like tucking me into bed because I'm like, I'm tired and they're still awake. But my husband also worked a different job at that point And he was worked late a lot. And um, I mean, like if he was home by 8.30 at night, like that was an early night. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times my kid, you know, I would come home from work, get the kids settled, they go to bed around 7, 7.30 and I would have like hours before he would get home. So that, I mean, maybe I can say in hindsight, I guess something great came out of him having to work so late. But, um, but that gave me, like, that was a lot of, that gave me a lot of time then. Um, as things started changing, like he luckily he did change jobs and his schedule is a lot better now. Um, but it's just, I have like, I don't know. I always say people, when they find out that I'm an author or that I've done this with everything else that let's say I have going on in my life, they always say, the first thing is like, where do you find the time? Mm -hmm. And my answer is always like, you find the time for the things that are important to you. And I was listening to a podcast, one of Oprah's super soul Sundays, like a number of months ago. And I had one of her like aha moments when she was interviewing Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And um, Brene Brown said, uh, unused creativity is not benign. And that quote has stuck with me so hard, like ever since I think I must have rewound that part of the podcast, like six times and re-listened to it. Because when I have this creativity, like inside me, and it needs to get out, like if a long time goes that I am not able to write or do something like that because of life or what have you, like I just am really busy, things are going on. Like I said, especially now with the kids being older and I have less time like that. Um, I, I get this like kind of like anxious feeling in me. Like it's like an unsettledness of not being able to, to do it. And so when she said, you know, unused creativity is not benign. I highly recommend anyone to go listen to that podcast. I can't remember. It's super soul Sunday with Brene Brown. I think there were, there were two parts to it. It was from a, a while ago, um, at least over a year ago, I think maybe even more, I can't remember. Um, but I had listened to it a number of months ago and um I think that's it. It's just like when you have it in you, you you have you will find a way. You have to just ex- like feel it and find a way to let it out. And we, depending on what it is and each of our own lives, you find it. Like sometimes now, I, I mean, I know for me, for someone who was never ever a morning person, and um, I get up early to have that time to myself because really like the the morning times now, I mean, it's the only time before everyone else gets up. It's the only time I have that's truly mine. Like I'll usually like to exercise a little bit and then, you know, hopefully I still have some time to be able to do that thing that I love. And so um, I just find you, you have to carve the way and everyone's different and you just have to find what works for you, but you can't, hang on the excuse of, I just don't have time to do what's important to me. 
I've created uh, tool workshops. And if you're on my email list, which we'll have a link to that in the show notes, you can get that time workshop tool, which is a really great visual way. So it sounds like you just instinctively said, okay, this evening time here, this is important to me. And then as life shifted and jobs shifted and whatnot, so like now it's morning. And if you're having trouble with that, we can link people to a tangible tool um, if they want it. So, okay. So that's a priority and you've made that work. How often, like how many um, minutes a day do you think you are trying to write? That's kind of hard because it depends, like, see, you know, I have all these like things that are on my mind that, that we spoke about, yeah. these, like things that don't go. There's always something like, I remember when quarantine started and I'm like, what am I going to do? Cause my job obviously cannot be done from home. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I going to do all day? Because um, luckily my kids, I mean, the twins are in grade seven. My oldest daughter's in grade nine. Their homeschooling has been quite easy for me because I actually don't have to do anything. Like they are scheduled in school, like six periods a day, like as if it's a normal school day, but they're just on Zoom instead. So there's not much I need to be involved in really. And my husband works 100% from home now. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to now edit that book. By the time this quarantine is done, I'm going to edit that. I'm going to finish editing that second book and doing my own writing. But then I had this whole idea with the young author workshop that had also been on my mind for so long. And I thought, you know what, this is, I knew this was going to take a lot of time to do. And I knew this wasn't something that I was going to be able to do well if I had anything else going on, like my normal life and and, um, my work. So I've been doing that more and I've been putting a lot of hours into that every day. So like lately, I mean, honestly, I, to be honest, I don't even remember what life was like before now. It's, we've been living this for so long, but it, I mean, it takes up, I do today, I actually did do some writing for probably a couple hours, nice. which was great. But um, I mean, I always, my goal is always to try and try and do at least, I say 30 minutes to 60 minutes a day, sure. just because I want to give myself the grace of not feeling like I failed when I know realistically there's many days that that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I know that like now my normal schedule is I don't work on Mondays. I work Tuesday through Saturday. So I make Monday my big day to try and usually I would be going, you know, on a Monday to a coffee shop and I'll, you know, have my tea. I like being around people Mm -hmm. and, um, and doing my writing and I'll do it for a number of hours usually on a Monday. And then if I have, you know, some breaks during the day, I just, I always, the same way I always have my Kindle with me, I always have my computer with me. Right. Right. I do. So whenever I can, I do. So you can read and write. Okay. Before we talk about the young author workshop that you're creating, I want to know what the word Smithers program is. So that Wordsmithers program, it just started out, it started from the program that I created with putting out that first middle grade novel, Mm -hmm. Balex Volume 1. It was a program of getting um, youth as my beta readers and um, my advanced reviewers and my media team also. Media team, meaning they helped me choose the cover of the book. And um, so did a bunch of people on the internet because I was... I was kind of posting about it and stuff. Then um, I ended up having like two covers and I said, which one would you pick up if you were at the bookstore? Which one would, because 
I mean, everyone says don't read a book by its cover, but really we all do because a lot of the times, unless someone's like, go read this book or it's an author that you just love and no matter what they write, it doesn't matter. You're going to read it. When you're at a bookstore, it's usually if you're just going to randomly pick something up, it's the cover that's going to grab you. And so I kind of brought that lesson in, in terms of media literacy with the kids to show them how media, how what we see in media is like it's made in a way for us to feel a certain way and to show us certain things. So by looking at, let's say the cover of my book, you'll have an idea of the kind of book that it is, right? By looking at the cover, you know, it's not some like, you know, like fairies and unicorns kind of book, but there is some kind of fantasy aspect to it. So, um, yeah, so we, we spoke about that with that. So I had those different groups and that's how the wordsmithers program started. And, and then it just evolved from there. So the Wordsmithers program started as a beta group to help you finalize your novel and get touch all these aspects to the writing process. Um, what else do they do? Like, do they work on their own works? Yeah. So now, so what I wanted to do is when I was visiting a lot of the schools, tons of kids would come up to me and say like, oh, I'm writing this book. Oh, like, what should I do? You know, I feel like I got stuck here. One kid in like grade four had said to me at uh, one of the first ones that I had done, like, like, can someone in grade four even write a book? Like, aren't I too young? I'm like, oh yeah, you can. Anyone can do it. You want to do it, you do it. And so I just thought that it was really important to be able to like nurture this this innate creativity and like this desire and stuff like that that these kids have that unfortunately sometimes as we get older, I mean, thinking back now, like I did write little, I did write stories as a child, right? Like, and um but then it stopped because you start going, you know, in a different direction. But I thought, you know what, why don't I just delve into this a little bit more? I had made a, um, I had made like, I guess more for adults, but I mean, I guess anyone can use it. I had made a, um, a mini, what did I even call it? I can't even remember a mini workshop. Um, hold on, I'm looking it up right now so I can tell you what I actually named it. So I'm not making, not making any sense here, but it was like a step-by-step approach to self-publishing kind of like a checklist uh-huh. to help people who want to, who want to self-publish um, kind of like what, what are the steps? My thing's not opening now. Um, what are the steps involved kind of from idea to publish manuscript? Um, it's free. It's, you can see it, the link to it on my Instagram, just because I just feel it's really important that people have all the tools they need in order to do it. And a lot of this stuff, I just, I researched myself. I read books and, you know, took course, like took courses and Mm -hmm. watched videos and all that stuff. And so I thought, why not try and put it in one place for people who want to do this one kind of more push to get them to do something that they've always wanted to do. Another barrier removed. Yeah. So, um, So, and then it just evolved into like, you know, let me get into this a little bit deeper with the kids. Let me actually take them through things because then some people would start, would send me things and I was listening to it. I'm like, you know what, let's try and start from the beginning and let me just try and explain to them and we'll work through it together of what a story needs and like how you, how you kind of develop things and all that. And um, now we're just kind of in the middle of a short story challenge that we're doing together. I'm writing short stories together. I'm doing one too, um, because I want to show them my process. And I think it's really important that they see that you're not just like, okay, once upon a time, blah, 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 the end. It's like, that is not how it goes. It takes, you know, there's a lot of development and stuff like that that's involved and work. And so we're doing, we're doing that together. And honestly, I chose a short story because 
I wanted to try and see them through something. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them had kind of been writing novels and stuff like that, but I wanted to try and see them, see them through something from the start to the, to the end. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my goal would be to create almost like an anthology of these stories, this mm-hmm. creativity that was created, mm-hmm. you know, during quarantine to show like, you know, quarantine anthologies. Exactly. Oh my gosh. That's lovely. Okay. So there's so many more things we could go into um, and we can't because I've limited our time. <laughs> so, <laughs> I am curious. Um, you said to me before and in, in when I introduced you that determine with determination and hard work, you will be unstoppable. So if someone has a thing, maybe it's writing, maybe it's something different that they wanted to do with that kind of in mind, what's another thing you would tell them to spur them into action? That there's no such thing as failure. And a lot of times we're scared of failing and that's why we don't do something. But it's that determination and hard work. And I think you just have to realize there's no such thing as failing. It might not be like your end point might not be what you originally thought it was but that doesn't but that's where you were supposed to be and something that um, might not have gone the way you hoped is just going to introduce you to a new avenue to go going to give you more information to possibly pivot or turn another way it's all about every step is a learning process and there's no such thing as failure you only fail when you give up and if you don't give up you'll you'll make it there it just it just takes that determination and hard work and you'll get there you just you can't give up oh that's awesome thank you so much for being my guest today and sharing part of your journey i am so grateful thank you so much for having me it was it was a lot of fun oh good i'm so glad balance shared is produced and edited by me michelle Lassley. the instrumental music grass by silent partner is from the youtube audio library If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a supporter. Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lastly with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.